the episode that you are about to see, it's going to be important. It's going to be real. It's going to be something that will probably be deleted. So I highly urge you guys to watch this and share this with every single person in your family, everyone that you care about, your loved ones. And make sure you stick to the end because it's very important stuff. The world, as we know, is about to change very quickly. I urge all of you to protect yourselves. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Without further ado, let's go right in. Okay, so one of the first things that we're going to notice when we're breaking this down is there is a very peculiar art style that is used throughout the duration of this ad. And it's something that's known as the Uncanny Valley. And the Uncanny Valley is a style of art that artists typically and almost always try to stay away from because it makes the viewer feel uncomfortable. It's close to reality, but it's not quite reality. And this is by no means a mistake. This wasn't done on accident. They didn't accidentally make the art this way. This was 100% planned. It is supposed to make you feel a little bit off. This is the dimension of imagination. So the very first thing that I noticed when I was watching this ad was just how peculiar of a choice it was to put a tiger eating a buffalo at the very beginning of the ad. For something that's supposed to be so fun and this is a virtual reality world that we can all retreat to and have fun in and at the end of the ad it says this is going to be fun. It kind of seems like a strange choice and I don't really know why they chose this. That was my initial thought but after a few days of sitting with it I knew that there had to be more than that so I spent a couple days doing some pretty thorough research. I found a few examples of what's known as Zoroastrian petroglyphs and they depict a tiger attacking and eating a buffalo and I thought well what does that mean why would they choose this are they even related Zoroastrianism is one of the oldest and most widely practiced religions in all of human history it's just as old as Christianity Judaism and even Islam it's a cosmologic monotheistic religion meaning that they only believe in one god and with that they also believe in an anti-god or a devil. The devil in Zoroastrianism being known as Ahriman, the god of darkness, the god of human confusion. And if you've seen my original video on the topic, you know what Zoroastrian petroglyphs were used to depict the god Ahriman. So there's undoubtedly some symbolic connection there. And before we move on, one of the more subtle things that I noticed was the buffalo's eye. To some of you, you may already know or you may have already caught what I'm talking about. But this singular eye looks eerily similar to the eye of Ra or the eye of Horus used in Egyptian mythology. Now, more mainstream conspiracy theorists would call this the all-seeing eye or the trademark symbol of the Illuminati. I'm not necessarily saying that's what it is, but certainly very peculiar and I certainly think it's important that we at least ask these questions and have a discourse about it. The all-seeing eye is symbolic of spiritual awakening and spiritual consciousness and in this case in particular it is very likely being used as the eye of Ra or in other words the god of light. Now if you're somebody who follows an Abrahamic religion like Christianity, Judaism, Islam or even Zoroastrianism possibly you are likely very familiar with the god of light being Lucifer, otherwise known as Satan. Lucifer by definition meaning light bearer. So I'm gonna leave that there and we'll touch on the eye again at the end of this video. This is the 
this is the dimension of imagination. Okay, so the next thing that I noticed that was really strange is when the kids walk up to the painting and they acknowledge the tiger and they see that the tiger is obviously attacking the buffalo, the tiger then stops and begins to stroke the buffalo and smile and almost befriend it in some kind of a really odd way. Well, there's a couple of ways that I could connect this to the real world. First being that it is a singular tiger attacking a singular buffalo. Well, in the wild, tigers have to divide and conquer their prey because they can't attack a herd of buffalo all at once, so they've got to make the numbers smaller and take them out one by one. This could be very easily correlated to the powers that be in our own world. They can't conquer us all if we all work together, so they have to purposely divide us from within, and then they conquer us. So when the kids acknowledge the tiger and what he's doing, the tiger immediately stops and pretends to be their friend, pretends to be friendly, pretends like he's not about to murder this buffalo. Very similar to what we see every four years. Secondly, and I'm not sure that this is really connected, but it, it, this is weird, tigers actually do something similar to this in the wild. It's actually been recorded that tigers will mimic the sounds of cow and buffalo to lure them out of their herd to be killed. They think you're one of us. Crazy stuff. This is the dimension of imagination. This is the really weird part. I'm gonna get into something deep right now. So in occultic symbolism, we see the use of Saturn and black cubes quite often. And I'm gonna explain why that is. And hopefully I do a good job of explaining why the number six is so significant in occultism as well. So way back in the land of Mesopotamia before the land of Egypt had even been settled in, so they say, there were a group of people who lived in the Middle Eastern area known as Mesopotamia who knew a lot more and were capable of a lot more than we give them credit for. They knew things about our solar system that we have no idea how people of the time knew, and they were able to build structures that stood the test of time, structures that we can't even build ourselves today. But one of the most fascinating things to me about these Mesopotamians is their god Saturn. The Mesopotamians and the Sumerians, who by the way predate the Egyptian empire, knew that the number six was correlated with Saturn. And if you don't know by the way, if you follow religion from Mesopotamia all the way down to Rome about 2,000 years ago, you'll find that Saturn, Ariman, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, all of these characters draw parallels towards one another. They're not different characters. It is all the same being. The antithesis of all good and all creation. In all cases, this devil character is being used as the prince of darkness. As humanity grew from this time in Mesopotamia and people spread all across the world, religion began to change and a lot of these characters changed their names, but a lot of them are the exact same character. In the same way that the Epic of Gilgamesh and the story of Noah's Ark is largely the exact same story told by two different religions. So what's really interesting about this is that the Mesopotamians and the Sumerians use a six-sided star to represent their god Saturn. This six-sided star would make its way all the way down history and into the time of the Bible, where Solomon would draw this shape in oil, light it on fire, and possess himself with demons. So it doesn't matter what name you call it, I'm talking about the exact same thing. So, getting to the point, about 10,000 years after the time of the Mesopotamians and the Sumerians, humanity finally makes their way to space, and what do we see? What you're looking at is Saturn's North Pole. 
Now, how did the Sumerians and the Mesopotamians know this? How did they know that a six-sided star is what represented Saturn? Either there is an extremely ancient and highly advanced lost technology that we have absolutely no remnants of, or this world is a lot more complicated, a lot bigger, badder, and darker than we could ever possibly imagine. And then this hexagon right here in the background, it's the outline of the exact same shape that we see on Saturn's North Pole. There is absolutely no coincidence that these two things are in the same shot. Please tell me another meaning for that in the comments below. Why else would they put it there? It literally couldn't be any more obvious. You have four kids who are sitting in what obviously looks like the Garden of Eden with a bunch of animals around them. It's beautiful and everything. And you have these serpents in the trees above them and they are just absolutely hypnotized by these serpents. It, it couldn't be any more blatant or obvious. I, I can't even get into this one. This is so easy. It's obvious. <laughs> And then here at the end, they go out of the way to show us the tiger and the buffalo again. And as you can see, the buffalo definitely only has one eye. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, who wants to kick it off? I want to say one thing before y'all go in that puppet masters that are, that are running this show, they get off on the fact that they want to do things out in the open. A lot of people think they want to be, I guess, secretive or, you know, hidden about all these things, but they really don't. They really get off on the fact that they're doing these things in front of our eyes and we don't even pick these things up. And part of the ritual is that they have to kind of give you this consent, right? Just like um, in Babylon, right? When the two angels, Harut and Marut, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. they, they say, we are but a trial. So you have to consent. You have to give your consent. So mm -hmm. by watching it and getting into it, they are they get your sort of subliminal consent because your gaze is still there so you're consenting to what's going on because you're allowing your consciousness to receive the information it's like if someone's screaming at you and you stand there you've consented to like let them scream at you you see what i'm saying but if you leave you don't consent mm. so they kind of have to do a, a bit of both like you said it's it's like both of that they like it but they also have some type of spiritual connection they have to give to you mm. I agree. What you, on, what you got to say? It makes me think of um, like possession and stuff like that, where in one way, shape, or form, you have to consent to it. Yes. And I'm talking about like gins. You know, mm -hmm. like if you have high iman, if you're, if you're praying, if you're performing thicker, and you're doing all this stuff in Quran, reciting, it, you can't. Like, there's no way that a jinn can possess you. Exactly. You know, but, but what did they use in the in the video? You saw the the beat, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's taken yeah. over to them. It's a hypnotic, like oh, and it's interesting how you can look at that scene as a garden or a jungle. Mm -hmm. So in the jungle is different laws in the jungle, right? This is animalistic nature. In a garden, you have sort of like better behavior. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go into a nice garden, you sit, you relax, it's very calm. Mm -hmm. But in the jungle, it's like panic, paranoia, anxiety beat and if you mm. notice the tiger and the ox bull or water buffalo actually join together at the end 
that's something really interesting. It it joins with its predator, its oppressor, right? It doesn't, oh, I'm free now. I'm going to run away. It says, no, I was almost killed. So let me just sit here and hang out mm. with my, you know, predator, which mm. kind of shows a lot about how these certain, you know, groomers are. Stockholm Syndrome. There's psychological ways that when someone victimizes you to keep you in your spot. So there's a lot of occultist imagery in it. And I mean, I get kind of disappointed that the guy was like, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist about the Masonic eye. And it's like, it usually, you know, if you're going to take the Egyptian perspective is not much better because the Egyptians themselves had strange witch rules as well. Mm. But it's not a conspiracy to say that there's Masonic imagery in big tech when so many of them are themselves self-declared Masons. You know what I mean? There's open lodges. So why is that a conspiracy? Because to conspire means to set a plot, to set an agenda, to have a strategy towards a goal, right? When you build a building, you have to conspire to set the plot, the literal framework to build up the architecture. You come together, you set a plan. It can fail and crumble, but you still had to go to a meeting place to work it out. So I think it's interesting how he tried to kind of get around the censorship of YouTube to be like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm just saying, but I am not saying. So I thought that was really interesting because uh, it kind of gets into that, that kind of flip flop logic. But also, I don't know if you're familiar with this. So the tiger, he mentioned the art style. Uh, today's art is definitely meant to disturb you. But even since, you know, 16th century Renaissance art, I've studied art a lot. I've taken a lot of art classes, unfortunately. And uh, there's a, a lot of interpretations on how art is supposed to make you uncomfortable or make you soft. But the Alice in Wonderland Chester cat has a very similar grin. And that lion smiles in, I mean, not lion, tiger smiles in the same way. So if you were to compare the Alice in Wonderland, which is also, you know, a very psychedelic Disney film that's about drug use and tripping out. And the illusions they see, all the mushrooms and stuff, the the tiger smiles in the same way. And Alice goes and talks to the Chester cat for direction. Now the tiger, he's trying to give direction to be like, come into this frame. Because what happens when you go into a frame? You go into a mindset, your framework. So when you go into something, you're willingly going in and you're curious. They pass through, right? That's what... Mm. Or like everything has a boundary. The Sharia is a frame, right? You have literal laws, secular laws. Everything is a framework. And if you go outside of that, you're liable to punishment. Even your phone, just the shapes of everything, right? So by you going into this framework of a totally different reality where even the flamingos were twerking, you know what I mean? It's like there's a twerking, you know, big booty bird right here. And then the snakes are going and usually tree snakes are, you know, oftentimes venomous. And then they have the tiger and the buffalo linking up. There's so much things going on there as you're around this very dangerous kind of weird hypnotic environment mm -hmm. and you're enjoying it. You're going with the flow and you're not really paying attention to you're in front of a tiger. <laughs> it's like a real tiger. You see it like, in India, they'd be like, we got to go. Like in China, right? In Siberia, 
We got to go. There's a tiger here. But the anthropomorphism of actual predators to condition you to like it with a nice beat and everything is, you know, very smooth because the eye of the tiger. Do, do, do. do you remember those kind of songs from the 80s? So it used to be about taking out the eye of the tiger, you conquering the tiger. Now it's about the tiger giving you a Chester cat smile and, you know, bringing you in and getting you to trust it. So there's a lot. I mean, animal fighting art is interesting because in Chinese art, you see a lot of that. Now, he mentioned the, uh, the, that, that art he did of the Zoroastrians. I have a tattoo of the Assyrian uh, King Ashurbanipal, which is drew, uh, drawn in the same way as it was on a hieroglyph. Ancient civilizations had a very different depiction of animals. They watched different things, right? Very raw. Like, okay, a king had to go out and kill a lion to prove he was a man. Today, mm. you kind of can sit behind a desk and have Joe Biden. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> you went from a very different sense of uh, power, you know? So he has a point about how it's interesting they chose that depiction. But a lot of civilizations did have, you know, they like that violent art. Because when you watch it, it's like, hey, I myself am guilty of that. If you show me two people holding hands, is, uh, okay, this is really weird. But if you show me something in nature, like, look at that lion hunt that giraffe. Like, look at that pack. Look at them tear it apart. There's something, like, very, like, primal in that because we grew up around that. I mean, mm. we've had the internet for, what, not too long. So that used to be the old form of entertainment. So it's interesting that a tech company chose a primal image. Right. So if you think about the contrast, this is the future. We're showing you the primal of the past and that primal animal, which is, you know, even in Chinese Zodiac type of thinking. It is very strange that it's a fickle creature. You can never really train a tiger. Look at Tiger King on Netflix. Right. How many of he had a worker got an arm ripped off. You mm. can never really tame a tiger. You can never let your guard down around a tiger. You feed it and you watch your back, right? The Japanese and the Chinese and the Russians and these ancient Asian cultures were, oh, and also India, where tigers were sold and bought. People learned a lot about tiger behavior, feline behavior. Now, felines are usually associated with women. So if you think about it, if let's say you make, even though it looks like a male tiger, but let's say you have like the female tigress. How many women have like stripper names, porn names around a female tiger? How many women dress up as tigers for Halloween? Mm -hmm. You know, how, how many women wear tiger prints and jaguar prints, right? So it's like mm -hmm. you have a lot going on there of all these twerking birds, the ox, buffalo, giving in to its uh, predator, which also shows you just the sick mind play a kind of twerking party atmosphere where you're going with the beat, which sounds like a rave. If you ever been to the horrible raves, you know, they place house music and techno. And so it's like, it's overwhelming movement of the body. That's why you have the snakes who are very like, whoa, very into it. So, mm -hmm. you know, a tiger, if you approach it while it was eating, would usually attack you, right? This is my food, but now they have it the, the averse way. Don't run from the tiger staying and look at it and oh it must be safe because he stopped and he smiled 
you know how many mm. predators of humans smile at their victims you know what i mean showing human teeth like <laughs> the very corporate cold way is the very clinical way you know ted bundy and these different psycho serial killers they smiled in their courtroom sessions so we confuse a grin with safety which you know it it, it really just plays on how the kids are really trusting not only a dangerous animal, a dangerous animal as it's eating, and you're going into another reality where you're like, there's all these poisonous animals, and there's these strange people, and we're just kind of going with it, you know? And that's what the metaverse is going to be. It's going to be a total immersion into your consciousness. So mm. your mind is going to be that jungle frame, you know? It's really, it's not, you think it's going to be a garden, but it's going to be a jungle. And in the jungle, the laws of nature rule. There's no religion in the jungle. That's it's, right. it's much a harder. People, a lot of people don't know what the metaverse is, but it's basically like this. It's like a VR, you know, virtual reality. You get real estate. You could do, basically, it's limitless. You could do whatever you want to do that you can't do maybe in this dunya because of a lot of limitations, religious restrictions, legal consequences, so on and so forth. You could do whatever you're, even look at the ad. It said, you know, do whatever you want at the end, something like that. And uh, I think that's that's what the world's going into. And it's going to be on the blockchain, right? Those of y'all that are familiar with crypto. Um, and I agree with you. Um, but Anho, what are your thoughts when you got from the video? I mean, I, I said it. I was I was on to it. But uh, like Milan said, you've got these, uh, you've got this imagery in there, right? And like you said, it, they can't fully just throw something out there blatantly but they can't completely hide it there has to be some there has to be something there because there has to be acceptance there has to be consent and then on top of that once you consent there needs to be submission and think about like what was happening to them when the snakes were moving around like they were hypnotized actually throughout the entire thing they were just bobbing their heads like this like i've said this before but I think this is a good reason why music is haram. You know, we have the hadith that says, okay, basically all instruments are haram. That's what the Prophet wasallam said. Now, is there explanation for this? No, but Allah gave us our logic to be able to formulate somewhat of an understanding. And the understanding is like, listen to music. What happens when you listen to music? When it's something that you like, and you start, your body starts kind of moving. You start bobbing to the music. And once your body starts to move, you've already subconsciously submitted to the music. So whatever is being played in this music, whatever message is being said, whatever energy is being transmitted through this music, you're going to receive that. Mm -hmm. So think about this now. They're moving their bodies. They're in full submission. You have all these symbols that are, it's basically letting you know what you're getting into. You're in full submission. So you're basically giving consent to whatever is to come from that. So, I mean, geez, bro, I don't know. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Exactly. And at the end, I mean, we all know, I mean, most people understand the huge symbolic meanings of the owl itself. You could do a whole series on that, right? From Greek mythology to just common Native American folklore. The owl is the silent killer in the night. If you've ever seen an owl hunt at night, it's almost silent. It'll snatch your cat right off your porch. Poof, like, whoa, what was that? 
and it kind of freaks you out because you just see these big orange eyes coming at you, you know, like, oh man, these sharp talons. So uh, the predator bird, the occultist symbol of the bird, the eye being, you know, out of the ox, which also, you know, money is usually represented by an ox. Wall Street, the they have that giant bull statue. There is a lot of symbolism, even in Zoroastrianism and ancient civilizations, of cows, right? Bulls, cows, water buffalo. You know, there's a lot of things to go into that. So you have a lot of the animal allegory mythology coming. And remember, these people are millionaires who hire teams to create these things. It's not just mm. like, you know, somebody at Toys R Us who's like, hey, I want to go and make this, you know, multi-million dollar transnational corporation an ad. And ads are extremely expensive. So they're going to get their money's worth. And Facebook, as we know, uh, they sell off your data. I mean, Zuckerberg has gone in front of Congress mm. and had to testify I mean, the Senate. Was it the Senate or the Congress? I think it was the Senate. Uh, but he had to testify. And he does it without your consent, but that terms of service, we all click accept just to hurry up and get through. He's, he, he literally knows so much analytics about your life that you'd be freaked out if he were to create an image of you on the screen. This is what you like on a Tuesday. This is what you like on a Wednesday. And they can nearly map out your entire consciousness. Right. They have a whole team to figure out how to get you to stay on the app. So the metaverse is now going into you as well, because once you put on those goggles, they're going to create their own type of currency. It's going to be too addicting. I love video games, but I know I have to regulate myself. I love Red Dead Redemption, too. I love it and it's fun, but I know I have to watch out because you're like, this is so much fun riding horses and shooting other enemies. It's so much fun. And time goes by so quickly. You're like, okay, I got to watch it. I got to go pray. Alarm goes off. Can't do this. Got homework. But the metaverse is even more immersive. Even more. And it's going to be even more addicting. And we know that the digital reality of transhumanists, this is what they kind of want. AI is coming, <clears throat> sorry, is coming to us. We cannot get rid of it anymore. They're expanding fiber optic cables. They're bringing more cell towers. You know, the digital realm, the digital economy, everything is coming at us. And robotics are part of that. They're going to be part of the military. In Japan, they even have, you know, robot servers. They have the now robot, which is in classrooms. So as computer coders get involved, they create codes for robots and algorithms for social media. And Zuckerberg is part of both those worlds. And he's very friendly with uh, Chinese developers, right? He even mm. speaks Mandarin Chinese. So I think he's married to a Chinese woman as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so they're very into the digital sphere. It's, it's very here and upon us. And the symbol of China is, you know, it's the, they have the tiger. There's a lot of tiger imagery in their culture, mm. as well as the dragon. So it's not a surprise that you have, oh, and I, I don't know if I already said this. I don't think I did. But the metaverse has tried to tell religions to hold uh, religious ceremonies on their platform. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they want religions to come there and you know, it'll be a very filtered down uh, <laughs> kind of a, they'll be able to track what you're saying. This is all, it's about, you know, surveilling you as well. 
So you're going to go into a totally artificially constructed reality where everything will be on you. Everything is going to be watching what you do. What did you look at? How long did you look at it for? Which colors incited you? What shape of the plant, you know, did you like more? It's all about, you're being studied, basically. You're going to go into this vortex. You are the ox. You're going to agree to it. And the tiger is going to be on you in the jungle because the tiger stripes help it blend into the atmosphere as it stalks you. You are going to be in a digital atmosphere and you're going to be studied. You are consenting to be studied and your personal information will be sold. And your mind, your deepest intimate thoughts are going to be recorded and stored on devices that will never go away. And if you have a bad memory, it will always exist in the digital sphere. You cannot get rid of it. When you die, anyone will be able to hack it and expose your most embarrassing private moments, right? So this is like a whole new arena of private information. Imagine your diary, like if you're a girl and that gets exposed or your girl, she, you had a picture when you were a little chubby and she showed it to people now. You'd be embarrassed. Now imagine a corporation who can blackmail you with your private information that goes so deep into your bodily and psychological analytics that they can make you and coerce you to do anything. So you will side with your oppressor under any condition in order to get them to leave you alone. And you'll be so addicted to that metaverse that you will do anything to get back inside because it'll be better than your regular life. Escapism. Because that's what thing is interesting about video games is that you get to kind of create what you want. You get to kind of behave how you would normally behave. I think we're all guilty of uh, like, sometimes I'll take my horse and like run over some people. <laughs> it's fun. And you're like, ah, ha, ha. you're like, Oh, that's kind of, that's kind of bad, but it is still kind of fun. I can't do that in the real world, but I just wanted to see what would happen in the game. Right. And what's interesting is hackers, even when you go online, they can make an alien appear in the game. And you're like, how did they do that? And like these gamer hackers can create all things in the game that make game developers upset. So imagine the metaverse. Imagine how people can hack into that because you know it's going to happen. I mean, China has some of the best cyber hackers in the world. It's literally part of their military, right? So if they don't like you and your message and you're in the metaverse all day and there's some dude who has an avatar, a very beautiful woman, and then you find out like, oh, that's a dude. And then like, oh, like it can really mess with you mm. psychologically and open you up to more hedonism because now you're in a digital paradise. You can create any type of woman, uh, furry, anything you can think of, you can create it. And now it's going to be the, the beta, right? It's going to be like the beginner, but it's going to shift to be more invasive, more expanded upon because that's what they want. If you're at home all day with VR glasses on, you're no threat to the government. You're no threat to anybody. You're sitting inside probably haven't taken a shower, you know, haven't seen the sun and you're inside. I mean, if a PlayStation or Xbox is addicting or computer game, imagine VR goggles where the, the 4k imagery is going to be so immersive. You could go to Mount Everest. You could go here. You could go there. I mean, come on. That's how you get. And then they're going to argue with you and say, well, you don't need a big house anymore because you can go to the metaverse. And mm -hmm. it'll take over your senses so where you you'll feel like you're there, but you're not, right? And then you'll see houses get smaller, people losing kind of weight or getting fat because of what they eat. 
it's a very structured way to be like work at home, then come home and plug in. I mean, people used to make fun of others for coming home and sitting down and watching the television, right? Now it's plug into the metaverse. And mm. it's the beginning of it. So now it's all new and people are resisting it. But we know that digital reality is coming our way. This is what they want, a social surveillance grid, a social credit score, digital passports. This is the future. They're expanding to very rural areas, cell towers. I mean, this is what they want. I mean, it's not going to go backwards. So we have to manage it as best we can. And opting out of it on a small scale isn't going to stop these bankrolled companies from getting your children. I mean, what do you like? think about Zoom, right? They practice during the lockdowns. How can we get your kid in a digital box in this computer screen to sit there, right? How can we have you have your work meeting? You don't have to go in person anymore. Just sit right there, stare at the screen for eight hours. All right. That data was sold. Those analytics are sold. And Zoom, I believe, is also a Chinese company. Mm -hmm. Every single app has analytics. And every single thing you do is sold to psychologists, marketers. They want to know what's going on with the human mind. We are the cows. We are the chickens to them. They're in a whole different bracket of class, right? Just as a shepherd is not the same as his sheep, we peasants, as they would look at us, they're on, these are very elite people who want control, right? They can facilitate movement through psychology. So the tiger, everything about it is just, you can go so deep with it. And I think people who study art, people who study theology, myths, and just politics in general, and who also distrust certain cyber people can definitely see the connections here. Uh, definitely see the connections there. Because it's no, it's no hard like stretch to say, here's a smaller frame, go inside of it. I mean, what are people doing with their phones? The, the, it's small, but mm. you're there. It's almost mm. like a part of you. And if you study the transhumanists who, I understand not everybody has time to study them, but they want to merge with technology more and more, right? So mm. it wasn't just, oh, you're a veteran. Your leg got blown off. Here's a robot leg. Now it's how can we hack the human body to live longer? Life extension technology. But they also brag about, you know, reducing population, reducing childbirth, <laughs> right? Artificial wombs. The whole future for them is total and utter control. And if you notice all those futuristic sci-fi movies, if you notice, none of them have the ability to stop doing whatever it is that they're doing. They're part of that system. So they pull up and there's an alien and he has all these analytics on the screen, right? Oh, we have this, we have that, we have this super ship. And even in that spaceship floating in space, everything there can be seen and, and shown. Even with things like Black Mirror, Squid Game, surveillance surveillance and then you ask yourself who's watching the watchers you know like uh, uh can i have some privacy again no you consented you know mm. wait a minute i just can i go to the bathroom without you guys looking at me you know and mm. no and it's like geez total human control in the past societies did that with spies and infiltrators today they just have cameras everywhere and then those feed into other places so 
again, it's 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 gonna be a jungle. And if you know, you know, if you look at jungle law, you'd be like, wow, Thomas Hobbes talks about natural law. I mean, going back to a primal state of nature where might makes right, you know, it's going to be, it's hard for the godly to stay godly in the jungle because you, you're going to be in a very tense survival mode and you're surrounded by lust. So a mental jungle, physical jungle, I mean, the delights and doors that can be opened through something like the metaverse is something that parents have to consider because how many moms, for example, hear me out, say to their kids, turn off the computer, turn off your phone. Let's go outside and play. The kids get angry. They get vicious. Like they're feeling they're being punished. You have entire generations since they're like three years old, these moms in the restaurants handing the phone to their kids, the kids, stare at the phone more than their mom the metaverse is going to be a way in which they say plug into the metaverse i don't need to travel on an airplane to see you i'll just see you in the metaverse so no more human to human feeling you know hugging being with your family hearing a real laugh it's all here's your here's your filter and you're being surveilled as you do it you go meet your grandma ain't nobody there meet grandma in the universe big government is right there hearing everything you say that's a lot of power, a huge amount of power. And somebody can also just pay and be like, hey, uh, Angel has a girlfriend I like. Is she doing anything that I can, you know, find out about? And then they spy on her and then show you what she did and, you know, ruin your marriage. You just never know, you know, God forbid. But I mean, there's just so many things that can happen with it, but they present it in a fun way. Hey, there's a twerking bird. You know, mm. <laughs> like you know, there's a, a very smooth snake. And as somebody who's played with snakes, you never trust a snake. You know, you have to grab them by the head and you have to watch them. And if they bite you, you have to understand that's a snake. You can't get mad at a snake for being a snake. A snake is a reptile. Mm. They're not dogs, you know, you know, and cobras will eat other snakes. It's just like and they always shed their skin. Like if you look at animals. And then you wonder why they use those animals. You're like, hey, the only friendly bird there was the toucan. Just eats fruit. You know, it's like, geez, you know, but it's really quite fascinating. You can go on and on. I mean, because people, they, they think, you know, it's not that big a deal. It's fun. But remember, the mind is almost a passive receiver most of the time. To actively make you interested, there has to be some type of antagonism there. But they took all the antagonism away to lower your guard with the music, the bright colors and the cartoonish images and the, you know, like the happiness. This is fun. You know, everybody's doing it. Just get in with the vibe. So your guard is totally lowered. So when someone points something out like, hey, that's kind of weird. Oh, you're this, you're that. Social ostracization keeps everybody in line, right? Just go in. It's fine. Why are you worried about it? You don't want me to have fun? It's just like, yeah, but Hey, man, you've been in the metaverse for six hours. Can we go on a hike or something? It's boring out there. I can ride a dragon in the metaverse. It's like, <laughs> come on, you know, like you can see so many things, how it gets out of hand. I mean, that's why China has decided uh, to only allow three hours a week for games because, they, you know, they realized they started to mess up a bit. I mean, it, it's powerful. It's very temptational, right? It's mm -hmm. It's just really 
It reminds me of the the movie Player One. Y'all seen that? Movie Player One. In Player One, they have the virtual reality, and they have these suits that you wear. So not only are you seeing everything perfectly as if you were seeing it with your own eyes, but you're it's it's taking control of each of your senses. So it controls mm. like what you feel. What you smell, what you taste, what you hear, everything, as if like the virtual reality is just another real reality. You're just there versus being here. So imagine yeah. that. Imagine it gets to that point. Oh man, that sounds scary. See, I me like I I I don't know, man. Like we got to get our kids. The, now we have to think about solutions, right? So you know mm. the metaverse is on its way. How can you help slow it down? Well, I've been part of this movement of, you know, starting a garden, getting out in nature, just stare up at the sky, just try to, you know, have some livestock, get off of government dependency, you know, learn about how do you travel reading an old fashioned map without GPS on your phone? How do you start a fire? How do you build a fire? How do you build a shed? How do you chop down a tree without it falling on you? And how do you break it down? You know, it, it's like we have to get back to like, because remember, cyber warfare can shut down a city's electricity grid. If you remember, hackers took down the oil pipeline and they took down a huge, um, uh, the, uh, the meat supply company and even T-Mobile had their data hacked. Yahoo's been hacked. So anything with this signal can be hacked. So if you know that in the future, we're not going to be dropping atomic bombs on each other, but that is going to be about attacking each other's electrical grid, each other's computer systems, because the subways run on a computer. If someone puts a virus or a Trojan horse in there, shuts it down, you can't get home and you're stuck in New York City with one grocery store, few cops, and you know only the crazy people have guns because they've taken away your gun rights. You're in trouble, right? So the we have to get back to being like, you know, didn't the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, say, practice with arrows, practice with arrows, practice with arrows. You can learn to use a crossbow. You can learn how to fire a gun. You can learn how to take apart a chicken in the proper way. We have to learn that because if we plug into this metaverse, imagine if another country takes down your infrastructure with a digital virus in your computer. Everyone is so uh, soft, addicted. They don't even know where and how to find clean water. Their bodies are used to 70 degrees. Hey, the heater's out. You're going to see people totally just freak out. This can happen, but we have people who condition us to always think of the future as bright mm. when anything can go back to the primal state of nature, the tiger and the ox, predator and prey in the jungle anytime. And that, you know, you, you, you have to be ready for that. I mean, if you look at history, it's empire rise, empire fall. Here's their ruins. Have we not walked about the earth and saw the ruins of those who came before? The spider has the weakest home. The cables of electricity are the weakest. They're constantly causing fires in California to where now they shut off the power because they keep causing fires and burning down homes and PG&E keeps doing a bad job. So if we're in the metaverse... California says, hey, we're going to shut your power off for two days because it's a heat wave. I'm out of the metaverse, and now I'm all mentally disturbed because I'm like, ugh. And with the invent of digital currency, 
the digital economy and them kicking people out of the workforce, you will see more dependency on like you can work from home. Work from home, plug into the metaverse, see your family through the digital means, pay us for 5G, and we will make your life, you will be Caesar, you'll be Alexander in this digital sphere. Just stay right there, you know? Don't pay attention, just have fun and, you know, ride that pink horse that you wanted, you know, in the game. You'll have currency mm. in the games, right? In video games, you have currency. It's not necessarily real, you know, you can use your money to there, but you have hacking codes to where you could just put money in there, right? We all learn those codes and how you can just hack the game and then put in a certain amount of numbers and stuff and you get your own fake currency. So there will be a time where people... Food is delivered. You work from home, so you have plenty of time to be in the metaverse. So you're isolating yourself from your real family and seeing their avatar, you know? And then they say, like, oh, your avatar will be able to have your eyes and you'll be able to see it just like it's you. It's like, why don't you just go see them, you know? But now it's like, oh, let's, you know, distance. Let's just distance from each other. Stay away. Humans are gross. They're all filled with pests and just... Be here in your little box. Be here. Your apartment is a box. Now go look in this box and have fun within this box of reality we've given you. You're in a box and a box and a box, you know? So it's really deep. I mean, mm -hmm. it's fascinating. Truly it is. But to average people who are busy, they don't have time. You know, I can understand how to them that's so analytical to where they're like, well, I feel overwhelmed. So best way to get around it Hold off and encourage people to have their own food supply. Raise chickens. Get back to what tribal peoples have done for so long, right? Don't think you're safe just because you get to go to Starbucks and, you know, you have DoorDash and stuff like that. You've got to be able to survive on your own as a man to protect your family. you got to do it. You know, you just really got to do it. So... That's what I would say is as a solution, think about a solution. Think about how you can resist the illusion of the digital world. Because remember, people will use drugs and then go into the metaverse. Now you're working with people who have two layers of mental illusion there. The hallucinations of drugs. So people will like fentanyl, acid, mushrooms, you know, they'll get nice buzzed. Go into the metaverse and they'll be like, this is so much fun. You know, then when you just have a regular barbecue with your family, no one will want to show up because they're all having fun in the metaverse. Each person in the metaverse doing their own thing. Wife's downstairs, husband's upstairs, kids are in their own metaverse. The family is completely atomized. Mm. Right. And when a, a, a broken family is a family that doesn't care about each other and citizens who don't have a family who don't own land, who don't have property, have no ties to their land and won't defend their land and won't care about how their land is managed. And Zuckerberg has actually started selling real estate in the metaverse. Mm. So now people are wasting their money and buying a digital landscape that with a blink of a button, it could be all gone. Instead of I mean, buying real land in the real mm. world and having a farm. It, it's really quite interesting. Yeah, the way I in heard, which you can go last so deep. That, uh, there was a house that sold for twenty billion dollars on the metaverse, what? which is insane. I'm just like, bro, what don't are people, feed people. 
buy stuff in the metaverse. Yeah, the amount of sadaka you could have given with that. But by the way, I'm just gonna put you on pause for a sec. Anho, do you have to go? I know you had a coaching call. Yes, I do. Alhamdulillah, then me and uh, Sister Milan will continue and wrap it up. All right, y'all. All right. Good seeing you. Good Captain. seeing you too. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. Okay, so just to reiterate for our lay audience, you know, moms and dads that didn't come to the West for the sake of making hijrah and spreading the deen, they probably just, they were under the facade of, let's, you know, bring our kids and give them a better life than we had, quote unquote. So the, the average parents, they're not too involved with their kids. They probably put their kids in public school, but they see this video, they made it this far, and they kind of want to take some takeaways now to implement into their life. Um, so what would you have to say for parents, but at least for kids, and those that are, I guess, affected by technology to a greater degree than they thought they would be. So I would say, you know, like basically what you're asking is how we kind of help stem off some of this corruption. So yeah, essentially, like you, gave, you gave some practical advice, like, you know, not relying on, let's say, GPS and using maps. But like, what can they take away and start implementing just like right from now? So right from now, I would give them a discussion about addictions behaviors so really i know it's hard like because mom and dad are working they're tired but when you tell them to turn off their phone say something straight which i tell my little one don't let the device control you you're showing addictive behaviors don't get angry and also you can do soft forms of punishment of stand and time out and if they get oh i'm bored i don't want to go walk it's so boring you know when you go on the walk reinvigorate them with positivity wow, did you know that that plant takes this long to grow? Oh, did you know this? Make it interesting, right? That's why I do kind of things with my little one is, okay, let's go watch bugs. How do you think they're forming? Who do you think's the leader? The more you kind of exit the digital sphere and have, like, look at all of Allah's creation, you can give your kid these facts that will distract them from wanting to distract themselves in the digital realm. Because mm -hmm. the digital realm is really quick ADHD uh, entertainment with bright colors and music. Mm -hmm. And so what you can do is detox from that and actually get them surprised in the real world. So if you have land, I would say even a small space, start a garden with your kid. Have a beehive, have an ant farm, have a worm farm, have a fish tank. Teaching your kids how to be distracted with something better because they, they need entertainment. They need stimulation. I understand. Mm. Right? Not every kid will sit and build with Legos and a jigsaw puzzle like my kid. Right? You give them some entertainment, but you also talk to them in a very real way. Like, hey, you know, there's a benefit to being in the real world. You know? And if you can afford it, I would say go camping, go hiking, go fishing, get your hunting license. You know, expose your kids to the real world, you know, the, because it's easy to for them to be in school all day. They come home, they watch TV. They get very bored. And then the noise, the colors, the whole psychological pull into that little vortex. It's so strong for them that you have to almost have pity for them. It's like talking to an addict who is addicted to a pipe. You have to kind of slowly talk to them and take the pipe away. You put it over here. That's it. Come on. Like you really have to get them piece by piece. And if they don't notice where you're guiding them, they'll fight it less. But if you get too angry too quick, they'll resent you as if you're holding this wonderful gift back. When in reality, you're mm -hmm. kind of saving them.
or at least lessening the hold, right? Like when I watch something with my little one, I'll break down what's happening in the cartoon. And then she'll be like, really? And I'm like, yeah, don't you see it's kind of weird that, you know, this character keeps staring at this one. That's the propaganda. And then she'll be like, oh, oh, this is haram. I don't want to watch this, mom. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, OK, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I tell her what is happening and how to break it down. And like you can do this with your kid and it, it breaks it to where it's like, oh, now I kind of feel like I was tricked. You know, and then they, they kind of trust you more instead of seeing you as the mean one. Because mm. when when they offer your kid fun, fun, and you take that away, they have now put a wedge between you and your kid. As in, you're the meanie, you're the oppressor, you're mm. this, you're that. My teacher would let me do this. So-and-so's right. mom's let me does this. Mm. They throw it back at you. So you have yeah. to be a bit... Yeah, you have to be smart about and it. You, you got to be smart because you don't you don't remove something because um, they're going to resent you. So you have to remove it, but you got to replace it with something else to keep them occupied. Exactly. And the thing I know some moms might get mad at me, but me changing my lifestyle, how I work, where I work, how much time, accepting less cash so I can just focus on my little one. That really like now you have more control and you can create and have time and less stress to introduce her to something better because, you know, from their birth to, you know, 18 years old is so vulnerable. And especially from, you know, five to 10, this is a key demographic of how they try to come for you and your kids, because we have to remember they are trying to engineer, you know, they, they want a pathway, they have a goal, technology is here and the less time you spend with your kid, you're at work, he's at work, they're in front of a screen, even the schools use screens. We're getting very, very, you know, strangely divided from one another. So, again, it sounds like, oh, it's, it's a lot of work to grow corn. It's a lot of work to grow a pumpkin patch. But imagine you grow it from seed with your kid, you harvest it, you take it apart, you make pumpkin pie, pumpkin bread. And then you tell your kid very excitedly, like, you did this. And let's say you take pictures, you put it in a photo album, you have a little celebration after, like something very cute, make little cute decorations. Like, we did it. You can make it fun. You really can make it fun. Like crafts and all this stuff for your kid, you can teach them things without resorting to technology. It, it's You can also show them this is what your hands put forth, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of putting your hands down and putting goggles on, you help make this happen by the permission of Allah. And I would just like even having chickens. Yes, you have to clean after them, but your kid will learn how to hold a rooster, how to not be afraid, how to take care of eggs, responsibilities. They have energy. You have to put it towards somewhere, right? You have them like my little one. She writes little hadith. She does her stuff she has to do. But we have fun, you know, by going and watching birds, going by the ocean. I give her little facts. That means I have to read things, you know, like, okay, if I see this particular snake, she's going to ask me, I want the answer. And if I tell her, I don't know, we go find the answer. Mm. Even for, you know, different types of rocks and minerals that I collect, I include her in everything. So she has a thirst for knowledge, which kids naturally have. They're little sponges. We stunt their growth if we put them just in the digital realm. And if we cut back work, we move to more rural areas. We decide not to go into credit card debt, not to have fashion. 
we go back to a minimalistic lifestyle, that's much better. Like me, I've been blessed by Allah. I don't have debt. And so, mm. like, I'll make bread with my little one. And then I share it on Instagram so people can get motivated. It's like, she sees this is how you do it. You know, and even the yeast takes a long time to rise. But you teach kids patience. No, you don't just go to the store and buy it. You can make it. Here's how. You know, these are things we have to teach the kids again, which our, our great-grandparents knew. So we have to kind of not be as vulnerable and dependent upon the government and the grid because the more technology and power you give the government, the more they will get intoxicated with their own power to the point where you're totally oppressed. And if you know that these occultists, these atheists, these godless people want to rule you, they can stomp out your religion very easily or even create fake narratives of your faith. And when you speak out against it, they can just ban you because that's the future. Deplatforming, debanking, you're out of society, go away, right? So we have to be off of their grid. We participate in it, but we have a parallel society like the Amish, like mm. these different you know, tribes all over the world. You have one foot in, one foot out, but you can jump off ship anytime mm -hmm. and be okay. So getting your kid to do more fun things. So it depends where you live, right? It depends where you live. But I guarantee you there's so many fun things you can do with your kids for free on a budget, even drawing in the sand, even building sand castles, right? You go, you go get a cup from your kitchen. You just go and build sandcastles with your kid for an hour instead of plugging into the metaverse, right? So get, getting off, yeah. But that's basically what I mean, fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think this is a really good starting point for future discussions that we can have with Rami and Anil too. This was, I've tremendously learned a lot from uh, this episode. So I'm sure a lot of people that are viewing this episode also has. And if they want to get more of your content, uh, for those of y'all that don't know, she has a YouTube channel herself, uh, Milan Philosopher's Corner. You've been on her YouTube uh, a couple months ago. We filmed two episodes with you, so I'm going to link both of them in the description for anyone that's new to our channel and hasn't seen any of them. Um, but yeah, is there anything else you want to say? Oh, no, that's it. And I know we went very deep and analytical and expanded out, but just digest what I said and <laughs> do your own research. Look into... Read some books on transhumanism about control of food supplies, uh, you know, even how the military uses, you know, the, the, the technology, what Facebook and them do with your data, who they hire. You know, there, there's the information is there. You just got to go read it and uh, think about getting back to nature. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Says, for this wonderful episode. And uh, until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.